Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Football Talk Friday. Getting ready for the Pats. Hard to believe it. The, the regular season closer here on WDEV. We're going to have the coverage for you. 1.30 with the pregame show. 4.25 with the kickoff. Pats and Dolphins. If the Pats win and the Bills lose, Pats are the division champions. Pats can be anywhere, but it's from 1 through 7. I don't remember that ever happening going into the last day of an NFL season and breaking it down. With us now is our guy, Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston. Because all the holidays have ended up on Fridays, we haven't spoken to Phil in like a month almost. So, Phil, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we're glad you're back. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me back, Brady. I appreciate you, buddy. Always look forward to talking to you. What I do not look forward to is trying to figure out the percentage chances that they end up at the two seed versus the one seed versus the six seed versus the seven. I just wrote about all that. My, my head is still pounding just trying to figure out all the math there. So hopefully uh, it's not all that complicated this weekend. Hopefully the Pats just win and then we figure it out at about 7.30 at night on uh, on Sunday. Um, I can't believe it. Four months ago it was that we were getting ready for week one against these same Dolphins. Here we are, week 18. You really don't – you really take for granted how fast an NFL season goes. No doubt. And, and just think about – how much has changed since then? I mean, after that first week of the season, and this really persisted throughout the first month, the conversation was about, is Mac Jones going to survive the season? Mm-hmm. He was taking that many hits. He'd been hit that frequently by the Dolphins. That blitzing defense came after him, and they hit him. And that lasted for weeks because the Patriots' offensive line was a mess. And Dolphins played a close game here. They won it at the end because Damian Harris basically fumbled the game away. But I think a lot of us thought that the Dolphins would be sniffing the playoffs, and they were. They were up until, uh, you know, last week. I guess you know they go on. A, they went on a really good run. They're in the middle of their season, like the Patriots did in the middle of theirs. So uh, I think this is going to be a competitive game, Brady, and a good test for the Patriots. You know, going into the postseason, you're on the road, tough spot, good defense, aggressive defense. You know, those are all things that the Patriots are going to see whoever they're playing in the wild card round. Mac Jones's development aside, what has been the biggest area of growth for this team from week one until now? Well, what's funny is Mac Jones, I'm sure, has grown, Brady. I don't know about you, but just in terms of watching him, isn't it hard to know where he's developed? You know, Hmm. to me, it's not really obvious. I'm sure there are things that Josh McDaniels could look at and say, well, he does this now at the line of scrimmage before the play. We've got this communication down. Our playbook is X percentage larger than it was when we started the season. But to me, he's been a pretty accurate guy all throughout the season. You know, you look at his completion percentage, completion percentage over expected, some of the advanced stuff. He's been pretty consistent over the course of the year. Really, to me, where he maybe has gotten better has been just being able to survive to play another down. Again, he took so many hits that first month of the season. He was on a record-breaking pace. In terms of the number of hits that he was taking yeah. for September in the early part of October, that has been dialed back. But I would say maybe more so than anything Mac Jones has done, the offensive line has just been better, right? Trent yeah. Brown has been back. They've been able to be more consistent up there with Ted Karras now in the middle of the line, kind of you know having that two-center look with Karras and Andrews and just really smart guys that have helped them be as consistent as they've been. So uh, to me, outside of Mac Jones – the one area I would say where they've gotten better has just been in the run game. But again, that, that to me correlates with the offensive line getting healthier, getting better. Yeah, I, I think it, what makes it difficult to say in terms of how good they've actually gotten 
is that the two teams they've played lately that are any good have both beaten the Patriots. Yep. Right. And so I still think there are plenty of question marks facing this Patriots team as they head into the postseason. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Patriots insider with us here on the Brady Farkas show every Friday during the Pats season. He's been here and he's here now on WDEV. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we started playing this game when it came to the Pats wants versus needs. So let me ask you in this game against the Dolphins, what do you want to see and what do you need to see? I need to see the Patriots handle a hostile environment because the one time, Brady, they've really had to deal with that this year, to me, has been an indie. And we yep. know how that game went, especially early when the crowd was juiced and that place was rocking. The communication was hard. I thought it led to a couple of big plays by that Colts defense. The rest of their road games, Brady, aside from the game in Buffalo, which is always a hostile environment, but that to me is an outlier game because they didn't pass. And when you're talking about crowd noise, that's really – the biggest impact is is on the passing game where there's just more communication involved, whether it's changing protections, offensive linemen talking to each other, hearing the snap count. I mean, that is a factor on the run plays as well. But, you know, communication between the quarterback and his receivers, it's really – I think it's more stressful on a passing game. So I kind of removed yeah. that game from the equation. Otherwise, think about some of the games they've had on the road here. Just not a challenge, whether it's L.A., Atlanta, Carolina. I mean, you're talking about places that had maybe – as many Patriots fans there as they did their own team's fans. So that's the one thing I need to see is that the Patriots can go to a hostile environment, which I think Miami will be. I think just the, you know, the weather makes it difficult too, but you know, go to a place where it's tough to play and play well. That's number one. The thing I want to see if I'm a Patriots fan is I want to see Mac Jones handle the blitz because he is the second most frequently blitzed quarterback in football this year, Brady, which shocks me because we're not used to seeing that because teams hated to blitz Tom Brady. But I think teams know if we get Mac Jones off his spot, that gives us a better chance of creating a mistake from Mac Jones. They also don't, the Patriots don't have all that many deep down the field types of throw it over the top of the blitz weapons, which is usually a great way to beat the blitz. But who's going to do that on this team? Okay, you're sacrificing a man in coverage to bring him to the line of scrimmage. Well, you know, who's going to hurt them over the top? if a defense decides to do that to the Patriots. It should be Nelson Aguilar, but he really hasn't done much for the Patriots yeah. this year. So Mac Jones has to handle the blitz. It hasn't been a disaster. Like, he hasn't been an out-and-out disaster against the blitz, but to be blitzed so frequently, there's clearly, Brady, a blueprint out there. Teams are doing this every single week for a reason because they think it makes Mac Jones and this Patriots offense a worse and less effective offense, and they're right in terms of yards per attempt, quarterback rating, any of those metrics that you want to look at. Patriots are a worse passing game when blitzed as opposed to when they're not. That's not like Kansas City. That's not like Green Bay. That's not like Tom Brady. If you blitz those guys, they kill you. Hmm. Patriots haven't shown they can do that. If they can show that a little bit this week in Miami, Miami loves the blitz, right? They're going to get a ton of opportunities to work against the blitz down in Miami. If they can show that they can beat it, then that might help you see it less wherever you go in the wild card round. I needed to see them... I don't know if shut down is the right word, but I need to see them limit Jalen Waddle's productivity. Because if you can limit another team's number one, then that gives me some optimism. You could limit a Jamar Chase or a Stephon Diggs or a Tyreek Hill or a, a Keenan Allen, whoever you might see in round number one or maybe even beyond if you get there. I want, I, I guess I want and need to see what they do to a team's number one receiver who's pretty productive. Yeah, it's a great point, you know, and and this is an interesting offense in that they are so short throwing. It's so heavily reliant on the RPO game that it's going to be a lot of, can you tackle? 
Yeah. Because you might not be able to cover a guy who's that quick and that fast short area. It's really difficult to, to stay with those guys without being over aggressive and maybe making yourselves vulnerable to giving up a bigger play. But if you can just tackle, I think that would give you a lot of confidence against some of those guys mm-hmm. that you mentioned, because all those guys, whether it's chase chase, excuse me, or Hill or Diggs, all of those guys are big time yards after the catch types of threats. And that's certainly what Waddle can do. He, he can be a big play threat. He can be a down the field threat, but that's just not really to his game. It's not really the Dolphins style of offense, but he's going to get hit on a few quick slants and he's going to be in space. And the question to me is, okay, is everybody rallying to the ball? Because it's going to take multiple tacklers probably to make sure you chase that guy down, corral him and actually get him on the ground. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Pat's insider with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, MVP has the word valuable in it, and you can tinker with what you mean by the word valuable. The Offensive Rookie of the Year, I just see as a flash award, as a total stat-driven award. So for me, Jamar Chase is the guy who should win that, even though Mac Jones is the Vegas favorite. How do you see that race? Is Mac Jones the Vegas favorite still? Yes. That surprises me because Chase has been so good to end the season, right? Usually, recency bias comes into play with these awards, whether mm-hmm. it's most valuable player or anything else. And I get that. I think it should come into play to a certain extent because to me, especially if you're a team that's in contention for a playoff spot, you know, games later in the season just mean more. So if you're playing your best at the end of the season, I wouldn't hold that against any voter for weighing that more heavily than somebody who didn't finish the season strong, but had a good early portion of the season. All that being said, Brady, I would vote for Mac Jones for offensive Mm. rookie of the year. And to me, it is a difficult decision and I would not blame anybody for voting for chase. The numbers are off the charts and the numbers for Mac Jones, quite frankly, are not right. I mean, to me, he is essentially an average. I would probably, if we're being a little bit more specific, I would say slightly above average NFL quarterback right now. But that to me is more impressive than being even a great receiver with a great quarterback. Because I factor Mac Jones' situation into this too. Again, the offensive line situation the first month of the season was a disaster. His weapons, I would say, are still not an impressive group. I mean, if you look at the playoff teams that are going to be in this year, and you look at their tight ends, running backs, and receivers, where would the Patriots rank on that list? They'd rank somewhere near the bottom in terms right. of talent at some of those spots. And so, again, Mac Jones – Average quarterback as a rookie, that to me is so difficult to do. Even though you're only in the top half of the league at your position, because of the position, that to me is more impressive. That to me is more excellent, if you think this is about rookie excellence, than being even a great receiver, which I think Chase has been, with a great quarterback in a great situation. He plays with a, with another great receiver. It's hard to double both of those guys. Like He's in a great spot to put up big numbers. I really believe in Joe Burrow. I think he's on the verge of becoming an elite quarterback. So to me, he's in a great situation and he's had a great year. I would say both guys you could look at and say they haven't been very consistent. I mean, Jamar Chase, I don't think anybody was talking about Jamar Chase as a viable candidate for rookie of the year a month ago no, because he was in the middle of about a month and a half stretch of being just a pretty good, capable, starting caliber NFL receiver. He was, you know, I don't, I think he had seven games this year where he did not break 55 yards. Mm -hmm. So that's almost half his season where he's giving you, I don't know, what is that? 
is that even Kendrick Bourne production on average? Like, I'm not sure, but that's kind of what you're talking about. So is that the guy who deserves the award or is it the quarterback who, while in a, a favorable situation in terms of the fact that they're not putting a ton on his shoulders, he is going to the postseason. And if you were to replace him with a backup, the Patriots wouldn't, to me, they would not be close to where they are right now in terms of their record. Um, whereas I think the Bengals with Chase, you can make the argument that they would survive. They'd still be in the postseason, even if they didn't have that guy. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Pat's Insider. You can check him out pre and post game live on TV on Sunday. You can also check out him on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify with the next Pat's Podcast. And Phil, my biggest takeaway from going to the game last Sunday is that the video board just makes everybody happy. There's a different energy when people get up on the video board. So I want to see Zoe on the video board first. Then we got to see you on the video board. <laughs> I love that. You know what? I don't know what that says about us as a people, Brady, and our addiction to screens in general. <laughs> probably says something. I don't know what it is, but I think you're right. I think the crafts are probably pretty happy with that investment because that thing is that thing is awesome. And just think about the adjustments they're going to make to the stadium in a few years here. You're going to have all the video screen you can handle, my friend. Well, I'm looking forward to my next trips to Gillette as well. Phil, enjoy the game. Enjoy week 18. We made it. And that next week when we talk, we'll be on the eaves of the playoffs. Can't believe it. Brady, thanks for having me, man. We'll talk to you soon.